0: hello and welcome to actually best choice movies the world's only movie podcast i am one of the hosts and don't you forget it my name is chris chafin
1: uh, my name is Caleb Shively, the other host, and feel free to forget it. It's your Ooh. decisions to do things with your mental space.
0: That's a big mistake. I think it's going to cost you, Caleb. You know um, what?
1: Maybe the honesty will lead to a strong policy and the real fans will stick by me. No, that's that's totally... That's way off base.
0: Uh, so every week on Actually Best Choice Movies, the world's only movie podcast, we talk about two movies. One of them is old and one of them is new, and they are like inexorably bound together,
1: like... Uh, Best friends,
0: would you say? Would you
1: say, Caleb? The BFF, yeah, best friends, and that means forever.
0: Yeah, just like Zach and Kelly fucking
1: saying to you, like they are best friends forever. Uh, Um, Who? What? Do you know what I'm talking about? The American Idol movie that was American Idol was that popular? They gave Justin Guarini a movie with Kelly Clarkson.
0: You're talking about from Justin to Kelly, obviously.
1: Yeah. What are you talking? Was that? I
0: said Zach and Kelly because I'm, of course, talking about. Um, the song Friends Forever from Saved by the Bell, oh. which is like, yeah, Friends Forever, you know Friends, I mean, obviously I we're going to be dropping it
1: it. Yeah, uh, sort of the weird fantasy episodes they did.
0: No, it was the real band. They had the band, the Zack Attack. Yeah,
1: and then it like really got really big and it was a dream. Yeah,
0: but they, was it a dream the, yeah. about Zach?
1: Do you remember, uh, but California, Zach Attack was a real band. They were a real band, but like their success was a, was a fake. All right, all right.
0: Well, this week on actually, this is like way off the topic, Caleb. Um, this week on actually, best choice movies, we're talking about two movies about uh friendship and you know for how they grow and change over time or don't or how we grow and change over time or don't. Uh, it's The Climb from 2020, and Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion from 1997. That's all this week on actually best choice movies. Purpose. Uh, but before we get to any of that this week like i said but it's two movies about friendship so i mean friendship right it's like one of the great relationships that motivates your life and it, it is funny because so many so much of literature and film and television is about romance but like you know Friends, Caleb, right? It's, uh, yeah. it's the other big thing as a human being is to have friends.
1: I mean, it, it's all about relationships. It's all about uh, how art, how you see yourself. And I, I think friendship is an easy way to uh, to pick that and how to get an audience on your side or against your side. And, it, and it's a very uh, recognizable relationship to to show. And that there's so, I mean, you probably point to every single movie that ever existed and point to a, a friendship in it uh, and that is pretty amazing thing so there's so much to dig into and there are movies specifically about friendship this is
0: more what I'm talking about is movies specifically about friendship like yes friends exist in all movies but I think like plumbing the depths of friendship right
1: well like even like a a movie that's specifically about friendship I'll I'll just pull out Wayne's World like it's also not really about friendship it's about more of the can-do spirit of uh, young entrepreneurs blah 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 but you know there's Two ways to see movies in <laughs> friendship. Uh uh like friendships that are already defined. Like I mentioned, uh Wayne and Garth are already friends before we get to know them. I think that Big Lebowski is really good at showing at moving that movie forward, like, oh cool, applause going on, and then we see uh the dude's friends, Walter and uh Donnie, and that just moves that movie in such a fun way. And then you get other movies where like you see the beginning and then the friendship grows and blossoms and turns into something like Trains, and Automobiles, or Midnight Run, I think is fucking, you see the genesis and like they hate okay, each other right, and then yeah. they fall for each other and have become really strong friendship. Like those are great specific movies, but I tend to like the movies where like, like I mentioned, Big Lebowski, like, and I think these two movies are, we're going to cover are friendships that are already defined and we just get to see them and as they get to go along or just a little snippets of their relationship. If that is a strong enough friendship and we'll get to that when we talk about it. Uh, like, you can do most things in a movie. You could just, like, hang your hat on the friendship and then, like, do some weird stuff around it. Uh, I think the best example of friendship in a movie for me, uh, and probably for a lot of people, it's a Stand By Me, which is four kids seeing a dead body. But they're, like, best friends, and it's great, and you really have a strong sense of their relationship. And uh, the lead character always talks about River Phoenix's character over and over again in a very loving way because it's all looking back. But, like, that movie goes to some really weird places, uh, as it is a Stephen King novel. But it is really about a strong friendship between four young boys. It's awesome. I fucking love that movie.
0: Yeah. I mean... A friendship, right? I mean, just to kind of zoom out a little bit. I mean, right, there's lots of movies about friendship, like you're saying, because it is one of the great motivating things of being a human being. Like, uh, you know, we were talking about movies to pair this with. We had lots of ideas. I mean, right, The Trip. I mean, to me, because The Climb is kind of about adult friendships, and The Climb is, you know, adult male friendships specifically. The Trip is interesting like that um, because I just think there's this, you know, they're trying and and i mean obviously this is like what all judd apatow movies are about right but they're like kind of not really as real about it as some (laughs) things although in a certain way they are in a certain way it's hard to find a serious movie like dealing with adult male friendship um and a lot of them tend to be comedies it's like a it's like a even the climb which is like kind of a comedy and like kind of not a comedy yeah I mean, yeah, but it's also not like, it's not like a Judd Apatow movie. It's not like no, they're like, I, doing... I think,
1: yeah, I think, well, it's a comedy uh and, and it's dialogue and it's very funny movie, but it just tries in its filming. Like they actually block and frame things in very new ways. And that's not a comedy, but to, to go off your Apatow point, uh like I said, like you look for things in your friendship. I think that's why Apatow movies are so popular is because like, a lot of young men were like, oh, my! me and my friends are like that. We just are that funny and like make that gross of jokes. It just had that very natural dialogue. And also, you know, getting high with your friends. I mean, that's what our, me and Chris do with our friend groups all the time as well. Uh, but yeah, yeah uh, I, I got that you brought up the trip because I thought that was a very good, maybe we should have paired it with the climb in that. Both those movies get at a uh, very true thing in friendship of that your friends are assholes too. <laughs> well,
0: this is it, right? I mean, I mean, it's it's such a big topic to talk about. Like, I feel like such an asshole saying anything about it, but like, you know, adult male friendships—it's this thing where you're like challenging each other, and you kind of like are absolutely sick of each other's bullshit, but you're also like so there for each other, and and it's also I think men are a little bit uncomfortable with it because like having a friend is kind of gay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, there's something sure. about it where you're in love with the person, like. Like that is what it is at the bottom. Is like mm-hmm. the two of you are in love. So if you watch a movie that's like, you know, The Climb or Romeo and Michelle, like at a certain point, you're like, why are these people going out with other people? Like they're in love with each other. <laughs> Do you know yeah, what I mean? It
1: really is, I think, yeah, Romeo and Michelle really hits that very hard of like uh, very codependent, in love with each other, uh, serve each other, selfishness relationship. It, it's kind of amazing and kind of beautiful. I think I, that's why I, I picked, helped guide us to pick Romeo and Michelle because I think that's a very good friendship in film I always like think about that when I think about friends in film like oh they fucking support each other it's so hardcore and I think The Climb does that in such unique ways too and we'll talk about it that it is amazing but yeah uh there's so many examples to pick in the world Buzz and fucking Woody uh I don't know we can name <laughs> yeah, yeah. so 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 much uh
0: I mean it's just so interesting to me I think especially because during the pandemic like this is one of the things is like you it's, friendships are hard to maintain you know because you have your your partner you know if you're lucky enough to be with someone it's like the two of you are, t- are together all the time so that relationship is fine i think it's really friendships that are, have been so hard yeah and it, it, it's an interesting time to think about it right to watch these movies and think about your friends and the way you interact with each other and what you mean to each other because yeah. it's so much more difficult to keep a, yeah. a friendship going right now yeah, friendships um,
1: are uh, a lot of times based off of socializing <laughs> uh i mean like true friendships like like I'm glad I could say me and Chris like are friends outside of still, without <laughs> without the podcast, if we still yeah. talk to each other uh, on I a regular do. basis. But like a lot of pe- like fre- other friends, uh, like I maybe have seen, talked to once or twice, because it's best based off socializing at get togethers or like a party, we'll, like, we'll always see them there. Uh, and socializing is out the window during these last couple of years, uh, weeks, years, months, hours, seconds, days, you know what I'm saying.
0: yeah exactly um and who knows how much longer it'll be going on uh like as we sit here doing this like i have no idea 10 months 10 months at least at least (laughs) 10 months but yeah i mean i don't know do you you want to get into it caleb let's get into it we uh, set it
1: up very nicely
0: yeah so the first movie you're doing this week is from Is it 2021 or 2020
1: uh it's technically it premiered in 2019 but it uh it was released theatrically in 2020
0: okay and it just came to amazon like a couple days ago, as we I said. I do
1: say this all in my intro, so I, I'm not going to rewrite my intro. <laughs> oh,
0: sorry. No, go ahead. It's the climb. I don't care. I don't care what happened. If you love someone, you should care what happened. Yeah, I don't. Hey, nobody likes her. Nobody likes you, Mike. I am the
1: only one who likes you. And I don't know why, because you're loud and obnoxious and <laughs> you're an ah! Hey, can I just say no, uh, Mike? The first scene in The Climb finds best friends Michael and Kyle biking in the south of France about to hit a steep incline. This, Michael chooses, is the best time for him to tell Kyle that he has been cheating with Kyle's fiancé. What follows is not only a funny enough scene of dialogue and physicality, but also an underrated one-take as means of delivering the actual scene. Uh, the Climb is full of these extended one-shot, one-scenes extended shots, uh, even as it like jumps forward in time. Uh, And what keeps that uh, adventurous scope of filming centralized is the rocky but never fully gone friendship between Michael and Kyle. Uh, It was scripted together and it stars real life best friends Michael Angelo Covino, who also directed, and Kyle Marvin. Uh, the Climb, it premiered at Cannes in 2019 and followed that up with an appearance at Sundance 2020. It was originally scheduled to be released by the great Sony Pictures Classics in March of 2020. Uh, March 20th, actually, 2020, but that was the week before the shutdown. And it had two release push dates later. Uh, it had a kind of tepid release in October. Of course, not in big cities like L.A. or New York, where film festival favorites usually play very well so the word of mouth kind of went away and it finally came on demand i talked about it uh on our year end of my favorite movie I, I missed that i wanted to see uh but yeah we're talking about the movie chris talk about the movie
0: the climb uh so it's very interesting like you said it's sort of written and directed by the two stars and their names are also the names of the main characters uh and they, it's based on a short film right mm-hmm. you d- d- did, did you say this in your intro? You didn't, right?
1: I didn't say this, but I think- No, I yeah,
0: no, it's based on a, a short. So uh, yeah. I, somehow I was thinking about this the entire time because the short is eight minutes long. And so this put this kind of pressure in my mind for the whole film where I was like, you know, did, did this really need to be a movie? You know, I, for the first like half of the movie through the whole thing, I'm thinking to myself because the first like, and I checked actually when I had gone, cause the short is eight minutes long. I didn't actually watch it, but I just imagine it must be like the first eight minutes of this movie.
1: Like, yeah. It's just basically the first scene. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. It's so the first scene. Cause the first scene is like so well put together. It's got so much movement and life and it's very funny. And it's, you know, it's also like kind of surprising, and, but it's also kind of seems like it's over when it's over. Do you know what I mean? And so I just found myself thinking like, okay, well, is there was there really any justification to go past this? Because it was good and, you know, was it good enough? And, and, but I will say like, as it went on, I do think, yes, it was good. I think I think the second half of the movie was better than the, than the first half. Um, but when my big picture thoughts, I don't know, you know, I thought it was good. I thought it was funny. I didn't think it was like super, super funny. Um, but I thought it was more like an especially the ending, like a interesting look at friendship. Um, I don't know. What, what what did you think, Caleb?
1: I, I was really into it. Uh, like you said, it. Uh, I knew that was uh, a short that was basically the first scene of a friend telling a guy he cheated on him with a bike. Uh, and so to expand that and like, oh, hey, we have these two characters. Let's see how that friendship actually would work out. Uh, and they kind of answer that question very much so in the way that it works out because these guys are, kind of bad for each other and they force themselves to be about each other, which is like how relationships works. Like uh, Michael is more of the asshole friend. He sleeps, sleeps with his best friends fiance is the opening scene. And then we do a jump forward and, you know, he's they still are like kind of connected and we're at like a family get together. I'm skipping over a scene too, which is funny. And I don't want to spoil <laughs> that. Um, uh, and they invite him because like, my, uh, they were best friends growing up and like his family's still close with him his dad his dad keeps all of his best friends football trophies his dad is George went I love seeing George went uh,
0: it is it is nice to see George went and he's very nice, George nice George but he also like looks very old mm-hmm. in some scenes in this movie which I and found along a little is Talia
1: boss who is a great actress and is super younger I thought it was a very weird pairing but it, you know it did take me out it's a comedy. uh <laughs> but yeah so the the family keeps him around because uh, she's
0: like 30 years younger than him or yeah, something I think
1: she is she George Clooney's wife? I think, which is hilarious. <laughs>
0: no, she's not George Clooney's wife. It's Clooney's was, wife
1: who, oh, I, but, George Clooney's wife was was. And even in that jump forward scene, we see uh, we just get uh, we as we get that information of them. They show like Kyle's getting better. He's looking a little bit thinner michael himself gets fatter everyone kind of comments on that and also like he's drinking heavily and
0: oh my God. Like, like to an insane cartoonish yeah. degree so he really establish
1: how much of an asshole he is and then also establish that kyle is such a pushover like there's a scene where his uh then girlfriend soon-to-be fiance uh just practices saying no to his mother with him <laughs> <laughs> and again all these things are uh long takes like a lot of this, like camera roving, and, and, and at times. Well, it's wait, like, I don't
0: uh, want to gloss over this because I think this is. Okay. I liked this, but also I had a problem with this. So um the movie is basically, and this is another reason why it's very obviously based on a short film, and I found myself very obviously wondering if it was worth it. The movie is basically made up of like five or six short films. Seven. Seven, seven short films. Okay. And they're totally unrelated. I mean, they're not totally unrelated, (laughs) but it like fades to black and then it fades up again. And it's an indeterminate amount of time later. Just
1: time jumps. Yeah, I think I I, I like that.
0: But I'm just saying this, this is the structure of the film. Like this is the way this film is structured and they're very independent seeming. Right. So I think the first three of them are one single unbroken take for the whole time and like lots of things are I mean, happening. All,
1: like you could tell the cuts and all. Well, of yeah, there's kind
0: of like massed cuts. In yeah. It,
1: right. Yeah, yeah.
0: But it's supposed to look like, and, and, and they are very, very long takes mostly. And like, especially the first one, because the first one is like, they're riding this bike up a mountain and the first one's they, great, yeah. they go around a corner and there's a whole nother bike team comes up and passes them. And then there's like, a car accident and somebody gets beaten up and then they go, you know, and, and it's all done with this beautifully moving camera and the, the way that it zooms in on things and hides things. And it's, it's great, you know, but I thought it wasn't necessary in a lot of the other scenes. I thought it worked really well on that curvy mountain road bike trip in France.
1: Yeah. I was uh, about to say that, um, well that worked about, great. I thought that worked great. Yeah. I was about to say that like, uh, i did like that overall that it was long taken it was like what we said i said when we were talking about friends of general like these it's a very funny dialogue heavy movie but it actually tries to uh do something with a camera and i like it's pretty easy to do staging for comedy like their studio comedies like seem uh pat and repetitive for a reason because they all use the same exact uh staging for them so it's very was very great to see someone and a director actually tackle it in a new way i thought it worked because to break down that first scene a little bit, which is a fucking great scene. Uh, it shows the discomfort and reaction in real time. Like he's telling him he's cheating on his fiance and you get a reaction of him on a bike. And he's, you know, like I said, he's a little bit slower. Like he tells him at the top of a, well, he's at the, we're about to go up a hill. Uh, he says, yeah, I told you that for a reason. Uh, and so they're gasping for air as they're like doing, it's very fun, physical acting. Uh, it also, uh, I think uh, this also extends to the other scenes, uh, the longer takes is that it prolongs tension a lot too. Uh, cause sometimes it's just, you don't know what is going to ha- like a lot of, uh, I was very surprised every time this movie, just cause I don't know how it's going to happen. Like I get like, Oh, he's a dumb asshole. Uh, and the other ones more of us like a puppy dog. I'll fall over for you. And you get that through the dialogue heavy. Uh, and that's really like grounds those long take scenes. And it yeah, it made, but I—I—I it it I, I was, like, was very, uh, like the, since it was so dialogue first that it just grounded it so much that you—I didn't really even notice. I thought it was cool when it like moved back, and it always would go back to certain things, but I felt, certain characteristics, about a certain each degree, character, and like, like it's like based was,
0: on a short movie. Like the short movie is in one take, like that's the gimmick of the of the thing, and so that when he gets a chance to develop it into a feature, he feels like he just has to continue with that thing, even though it's not really necessary in a lot of the other scenes.
1: It's not necessary, but I thought it was fun. Like I'm saying, it's uh, like he like there's a scene where uh, like they're going through a church and it pops out, and then he just crashes into the scene. I was like, oh, that's fun, uh, and then it's also like. They go back into the church and it's very kind of uh, graduate-esque where he's like breaking up a wedding. I'm getting kind of ahead of myself. But I thought it was very, very interesting. And again, uh, do something different to make your movie stand out. I don't know. I'll talk about the humor a little bit because the humor is really tuned into these specific emotions. Oh, I was going to say this. So a lot of, like we said, uh, like I said, at the end of the bike scene, it turns into a fight at one point. And they always break that up in, the ones, in, the, in these one shots with like, Weirdly weird acts of slapstick. Uh, And like I said, it's a very dialogue heavy thing. What I really dug about this movie is that it's a very kind of new sense of humor to me in that it was very tuned to a specific emotion, but it depicts a lot of its uh, character beats through these really broad actions. Uh, Like uh, Mike is always, Uh, getting into fights randomly. Uh, And just with
0: complete strangers all the time. It's
1: always like very much breaking things a lot too. Like there's this one point just like comes in it's Christmas and he just breaks a coffee table and pulls down a Christmas tree. Uh, uh, There's – weird dance sequences like there's a, a i forget what song they sing but it's a very weird choice i think it was a.
0: Uh, oh yeah oh god what which song was it shit it's kind of a like obscure one um <laughs> yeah, oh right. it's rockabye oh, rockabye right. ron
1: mullen's rockabye that was it <laughs> Such a
0: why why in the world of, and he goes he and stripped, when, when he strip
1: teases to that he to <laughs> it Kyle, direct straight the to the camera. Yeah. There's
0: no one else, even even in like diegetically in the world of the movie, no one else is in the room. He's so just like doing a, it to the camera. Yeah, and then we, his wife comes in and he goes, Oh, hey, honey, I was just doing the seduction thing, <laughs> which is like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> what is that? it doesn't make any sense.
1: It's very broad over the top, but it like still it gets a lot of its story and stuff uh and Uh, heart of the movie, nuance of it is just this really specific humor Uh, and I think it comes more into focus uh, through a very underrated performance by Gail Rankin. Gail Rankin, an actress I always uh, enjoy seeing. I haven't seen the show that everyone always tells me I should see glow, but she was in uh, her smell, which we covered on. Well, exactly. Podcast. Caleb,
0: I was going to say, this is two weeks in a row. We've had good actors from glow in the show because it was the guy from glow was in uh promising young woman. And then this woman Get is in this movie. She's so good in this movie. And I'll tell you, she's good in glow too. She's one of the, she becomes one of the main characters. eventually.
1: Uh, her her, uh, her character is Mar- Marissa. She's uh Kyle's fiance. She also went to high school. Excuse me. Uh, she also went to high school with Kyle and Mike, uh, and they introduce her, and it's clear uh, they introduce her at the family gathering with her and Kyle and the family. It's clear that no one in the family likes her, <laughs> and then like Mike gets introduced, and it's clear that Mike also doesn't like her, so it's like this weird tension that they have, and you it plays out that you see that Mike is kind of on the mission to destroy the to the, destroy this relationship so he could save his friendship with Kyle, which is a very dumb idea, but and, it know, comes off as such a sincere. That. It's not
0: just that. I think it's also partially there's this scene. Cause the idea is, uh, Mike has stolen Kyle's girlfriend and they get married and then she dies. Spoiler alert. Okay. Uh, and, but this is like 10 minutes into the movie. Right. And so then it's like, they haven't seen each other for years and years and years and, years and Mike is in really bad shape. And so Kyle's family is like, oh, we have to have Kyle over. And so, it, and it's really her, his mom is kind of driving the whole thing. And there's kind of a, so he comes over and he's kind of like, what the fuck am I doing here? And she's like, well, you need to get your life together. You need to be a better person. And in this conversation, she also kind of says, and we hate this fiance, this woman, you know, we want her and we're gone. So I thought there was kind of supposed to be an element of like, he was doing this for, for his for kyle's mom like like he felt like a debt to her because she had brought him like back from the wilderness kind of also
1: been kyle's mom using mike because she knows mike can do that for him and that he's going to be always loyal to mike too uh but it really just it does come off as sincere that mike wants kyle all to himself and i think what works mostly about that is the way that gail rankin plays it and, and it's just good writing too that uh she's a defined character she's Uh, very funny and smart in her own right. Uh, And she's also like annoyed and fed up with Kyle and Mike, who are again, Mike is an asshole and Kyle is like a pushover. So she has every right to be fed up with these two dumbasses. (laughs) And so like, we're sympathetic to her uh, right away with that. And it's more of a question of, and they play this very, uh, very forefront. Are Mike and Marissa right for each other? And that's probably like a good churning of the uh, middle part, uh, beginning of the last of the end of the movie is answering that question. And I very cool that this movie does answer that question, too. Uh, That's cool that when movies don't linger or just present you a question and present you the options for it. And then the movie enters like, no, they're not right for each other. That's the end. I spoiled that, too.
0: <laughs> no, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know about that, Caleb. I don't agree with you on that. And that was a big spoiler, by the way. Usually I'm the guy that's spoiling movies. Yeah, I don't movies. know why you
1: disagree with that. They get divorced if I'm spoiling it. So they're not right well, for yeah, each other. Well,
0: yeah, they get divorced. I mean, again, that is a huge spoiler. Um, So they, they do get divorced. But it's kind of like, I just, uh, to me, the way that read was like, okay, yes, in a certain sense, they were not right for each other, like everyone was saying, and they got divorced at the end of the day. But, like, they made each other happy. Their their kid was, like, 10, and they were getting... So they have been together for, like, 11 years and had a child who they've raised up to be, like, a pretty good, responsible person, and he's only moving, like, three doors down. To me, that's just part of, like, the rich tapestry of life, you know? I just... I didn't necessarily feel that meant the whole thing was a failure and it shouldn't have happened. It's just uh, yeah. more
1: like... I mean it's not, I'm not saying it, it's like are they I think it means they are not right for each other it doesn't mean it's a failure. I think they both knew going into I think those uh, thoughts were laid out very much uh throughout the film uh even at the wedding there's uh where it was halted and I think specifically uh, I'm thinking of the bachelor party scene where uh, I'm not going to spoil anymore. I'll I'll watch it. Uh but Mike Yeah, listen to you. Spoil it <laughs> left and right. I'm I I'm, I'm not going to spoil this at least. Uh Mike says something to Kyle and Kyle says I don't care. She told me, I just want, he he, he he just basically states, I just want to have someone. And then a funny thing happens, and that's the end of the scene.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think a lot of the, this is, I think the vignettes up to about the halfway mark are kind of like that. It's like something kind of happens dramatically, and then something funny happens, and then it's over. And in the meantime, there was like, the camera was floating around in one mm-hmm. take for some reason, you know, like. But I, I, think, like I, said, I think it gets a lot more real and a lot more, you know, I identified with it emotionally a lot more after towards the end where it seemed a lot more genuine yeah. to me. Yeah.
1: I think once it moves away from like I said, the, our Mike and Marissa right for each other, excuse me, our Kyle and Marissa right for each other. Uh, I think once it like moves on from there and gets to the question that's hanging over the entire movie is our, mike and kyle right for each other well,
0: exactly uh, right
1: and there's no easy answer there And i think the movie uh there doesn't give you any easy answer because i think that's the title of the movie it's the climb it's all about them going their relationship moving forward the whole time like they had a horrible thing happen in the beginning of uh, at this movie at the in their friendship where they should not be friends they should have every right to never see each other again but they just can't quit each other mike is dependent on kyle f- in a way that uh no one likes him and he has to have someone that puts up with him being an asshole. And Kyle just can't walk away. He's like, it's a toxic relationship where Kyle needs to have someone wanted. And See, I don't, I think,
0: I think that they love each other. This is what I was saying. I mean, there's not another way to put it really. Yeah, that's like, the beauty. Of they love, don't, man. they don't like, um, it doesn't make sense. And they uh, obviously are mad at each other all the time. And they have different approaches to being people in the world, but they like you know there's just some bond between the two of them. Like they're just there for each other and they care about each other.
1: Yeah, uh, you know? they, they they shouldn't be, but you know they are. It's uh, they they need each other. It reminds me uh, uh, of an episode of Thirty Rock where where Liz realizes how much she needs Jenna. She needs a dumb idiot to to, to complain <laughs> yes. to, and Jenna needs someone who is also just there. <laughs> Oh my God. Yes, that is true. Yeah. 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 I just like
0: that. Yeah. Cause there is, it's it's like, I mean, it makes, it was making me think about friendships and it's like, there's just, it's like the other person has, it's like you could, the other person is like you, but they're, they're, they're expressing a part of their personality that you always like considered being like that, but decided not to be like that. And then, you know, you, but you love to hang out with someone who is doing like exactly what you would Mm -hmm. do if that is the choice, if you had decided to be that person, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's that they just had such a big relationship growing up with each other. And, and Mike takes advantage of that and does horrible things to him. And Kyle just sees that as like, Oh wait, that's the friendship that I can't just get rid of. Cause it meant so much to me. It's very interesting to watch too. I think that's uh, the script. I think is very, very good. I hope uh, I've heard there is a little bit of Oscar buzz screenplay wise coming at this, which for is this, very cool. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Just for the screenplay for the screenplay, which is screenplay, yeah very, very cool. Maybe. Uh, yeah,
0: it I mean, I, would be great. It think. would be great. I mean, I don't know. I mean, bridesmaids,
1: bridesmaids, Pixar movies get screenplay original exactly. nominations, uh, and I think a comedy should always be in a conversation for screenplays. Good comedies, uh, original comedies should always be, get in there. Borat got a screenplay nomination. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty funny.
0: Um, yeah, I mean. There is one thing I will say about this movie though. Occasionally during the beginning of it, I found, and I don't know what, I don't know if this is just because I know people who work in advertising now or what, but a lot of times when I see a movie that is like, and I mean this with love to this film where there doesn't seem to necessarily be like really like a reason for it to exist, you know, where there's not necessarily like a big animating idea where it seems more like people who want to make a movie and have somehow been able to make a movie. You know, and whether that's like a a scene, like an L.A. scene movie where they're like actors or the other big category in my mind is like people whose real job is working in advertising. But they uh, somehow are able to make a film, their
1: masterpiece.
0: Yeah. And they're like they they spend all day making, you know, advertisements and stuff. And they're like they're but in their minds, they're filmmakers. And then somehow, some way they get it together to make a movie at some point. So this movie, parts of it were, were feeling like that to me. And then there is a scene where um, the whole family, this is during Thanksgiving dinner, they go, Kyle, come on, your commercial's on. And then they go in the other room to watch the commercial. That And he says like, oh, I just made the music. But like... In my mind, I'm like, oh, well, this is these guys. They're both commercial directors. And like, this is something that's definitely happened to the both of them that like their families made a big deal about watching their commercial. Cause it just, I just felt to me like, why the fuck else would this possibly be in this film? Cause it's such a weird specific and it's, it doesn't really connect to anything else going on. So I was just like, it's because these two people are commercial directors. You know it what I mean? Is like, that
1: why he's kind of well off and a functioning human a little bit? But also, like, yeah, I agree that, uh, there is pro- that's probably a true thing. Like they were struggling artists, and now they got to make artists, and they had their movie premiere at Cannes, which is yeah, which I don't is amazing. Know how better? It's like a pinnacle of what you do as a filmmaker. I mean, Stave- not that
0: there's anything wrong with working in advertising. I don't mean there's anything wrong. I mean, I work that's in totally public relations. Right there, you know what I mean? But like,
1: yeah. But hey, uh, art. That's what art is, man. You just put, put shit out there and see what sticks. Hell yeah, brother.
0: Um, do you want to move on to talk about this other movie?
1: Let's do it, Romy. Okay. <laughs> Michelle, high school, reunion.
0: Reunion!
1: In the story of the blonde. What does this remind you of? Leading the blonde. Oh, I
0: know. This lady is totally sick.
1: Romy and Michelle's high school reunion.
0: And what are you picking
1: on us for anyway? We are not the ones who got fat. We're pregnant, you half-wit. Well, I hope your babies all look like monkeys.
0: Romy and Michelle's high school reunion is an absolute cult classic of all time up there with you know clueless and things like that uh it stars lisa kudrow and mira sorvino you know as a pair of high school friends who decide to go to their 10 year high school reunion right i mean that's like putting it very very simply and that is 100 percent exactly the plot of the movie but of course it's a very very weird <laughs> film and i had to be honest with you i had never seen it before i had never seen it before so it was amazing to of course i've been aware of it my entire life but i would never seen it Uh, But so seeing it as an adult, it was very interesting to me because it was so much more strange and sad than I expected. And then, of course, I'm looking into it and it's the director's name is David Merkin. And David Merkin, if you're not familiar with him, which I wasn't super familiar, he's like been a, a writer, director and producer for things like The Simpsons, Get a Life and The Larry Sanders Show. So you're like, oh, well, no wonder this movie was like a comedy, quote unquote, that is like completely deranged, but also very deeply insightful and sad, and like very silly at the same time. And also, I felt like I really understood the humanity of these people. And it's also got a great supporting cast, uh, people like Ginny Garofalo, and in one scene, Justin through which is like pretty funny as a as a hot guy, and he pulls it off. I mean, what can you say? Um, this movie has been revered for decades. I, I feel like it was a bit of a slower burn maybe than Clueless, which was kind of like an instant classic. Maybe this one was a little bit more of a delayed reaction. But uh, I was really glad to have seen it, and I was really surprised <laughs> by what a good film it was. Uh, Caleb, what, what did you think about this movie? That's, that's
1: great to hear. Yeah, uh, I saw it back in the day. Uh, I always would catch it every once in a while. There's some scenes in there that live in my head because it's a very weird comedy. Uh, But I haven't seen it in a long time, and man, does it hold up. Uh, And to uh, just talk about David Merkin real quick, motherfucking legend. He was the showrunner on The Simpsons season five and six. He wrote Deep Space Humor. Uh, A lot of us Simpsons nerds point to him as when The Simpsons started piling more surreal, abstract thoughts. Uh, And that's David Merkin. Uh, He created Get a Life, which is Uh, I think I bring that show. I mean,
0: amazing. This motherfucker created Get a Life, and he also directed Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion.
1: Yeah. Uh, Which, you know, uh, maybe he's not the best director, and I think a lot of his strengths are uh, in jokes. Like, it's.
0: I mean, it's very it's much kind of like extreme. a 90s comedy. It's like on the level yes. of like half-baked or something. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? And it, it's made competently, but not what you would call well. It's made from a know? studio
1: who uh, gave it to a guy who knew how to deliver jokes. And uh, that's all it does. It piles on jokes. It's kind of slight in its messaging, but it kind of finds a transcendence in its low stakes in that it just piles on jokes and jokes. Uh, and like you said, it reminded you of Clueless. I, would, I always said it's uh, kind of like Dumb and Dumber Times Clueless. Yeah, uh, and also to that point, uh, I wrote her name down. I can't find it in my notes. Oh, Mona May. Uh, that, that's a compliment. When I say Dumb and Dumber Times Clueless. Those are hu- two huge yeah, '90s movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would uh, also Mona say it's,
0: it's, it's like, um, like a, like a Chris Farley and a David Spade David movie Spade, in sure. a certain way. You know,
1: yeah. like uh, I was just going to say Mona May did the costumes for Clueless and on this movie, and those are very intricate. Oh, costumes i mean the costumes yeah. are
0: a huge part of the plot <laughs> of the movie and they're very very important and it's great i mean honestly the costume work is amazing it's obviously done extremely thoughtfully you know oh, yeah yeah
1: but yeah there's it's like i don't know this movie works on two levels it's a silly comedy about over-the-top airheads who are friends and you can just watch them be funny and weird and go to their high school reunion and uh, learn learn a lesson but you know have a good friendship but you can just look at a deeper dive at this friendship and yeah, like you said, it's kind of dark and it's kind of, I don't know, it's, I always, like I said earlier on the top of the show, it's, it's a very, very strong friendship. It's based off of a mutual dependence. Mm -hmm. Uh, like they are shallow people, but that just so defines them that it's just the, who they are. Uh, but they're never like pitiable. Like I never pity these people. They're two characters who may be broken, but they don't need fix. They just need to find their place in the world.
0: And as they're trying to find
1: their place, they just realize they need to do that together. And that's, what friendship is it's all this movie is it's just them having each other's backs the whole time Yeah. except for like one stretch and then it gets back together and it's great
0: <laughs> yeah right there's like where they're like no you're awful and i don't want to be with you anymore um yeah i mean just to talk about the costumes again for one second sure, i just wanted sure. to mention so a lot of the movie it's a high school reunion right a lot of it's flashbacks to high school um And so you, at some point you're seeing them at the prom. I I think it was at the prom and they're each dressed like a different era of Madonna, but they like never comment on that at all. It's just like, what they're dressed like and i was i thought that was so great I, It would made me so happy to see it because i didn't get it 100 percent right off the bat it took me like a minute or two to pick up that that's what they were dressed like and i was like oh this fucking rules and that's just like an example of the awesome costume work that's being done in this movie um i was it, yeah it made me very happy to see
1: <laughs> it's also just two women enjoying themselves as it like celebrates their like lack of ambition in a way. And there's like a lot of them, a lot of scenes of them just treating themselves, and like I think the ultimate message is uh, like there is no cool. Like they ignore other people and just have a great time with each other. Like it's find your happiness, self love. Uh, well, it's also it's kind of
0: like it's like it has the kind of like party girl uh, aesthetic in a certain way at the beginning of the movie where it's like they're completely broke and they don't have any kind of future, but they're also like. You know very fabulous and they're very confident and even though they're completely insane deranged people in a certain way it's like no they rule (laughs) like obviously they rule like they're super hot they have great sense of style and um, they just are really, really believe in themselves. Like no matter what goes wrong, it's like they it doesn't make them question themselves until a certain moment in the film yeah. where they're like, "Wait, maybe we're losers."
1: <laughs> yeah, just, I think that's what goes great. wrong. I love
0: that scene; it was so great.
1: Yeah, it's in the title, "The High School Unit. That's what goes wrong. They have to fill out a questionnaire of like what they did the last ten years, uh, and they kind of like shocks them a little bit. And like they, she's like, "Oh, let's fake success now." Uh, but then at the end of the movie, like uh, uh, Michelle says to Romy that. Like, oh, I didn't know we realized we weren't successful until you said that. It's very, very sweet and earnest. And I don't know. uh, They weren't cool in high school, but they never realized they weren't cool. Uh, And then they just realized that cool is this relative term. And then they see the people they thought they were cool in high school. They call them the A group it uh, was so to... funny when they're talking about
0: this, like the A group and the B group. Yeah. It sounded very like 1950s to me. I was like, "Do people really talk?" I mean, even I was in school, high school, in the 1990s. I mean, it wasn't. I guess it was 10. I was in high school when this movie came out, so like, yeah. it wasn't the kind of shit we said at my high school, you know?
1: Uh, but also, like when they show those people, the cool people at the 10 year reunion, like those people suck, <laughs> which is kind of of great. Well also it's interesting though
0: people. I I think it's interesting because they suck like but also they are conventionally successful and happy and they don't, the movie doesn't go the easy way with maybe like one or two exceptions of presenting like, Oh, these were the popular people, but now they're fat or, you know, now they're so miserable. I mean, it, it does that in a certain way, but it's also like, no, they're actually successful. (laughs) Like you can't like bank on the people you dislike failing. It's like, you have to feel good about yourself and like what you are doing, Uh, which I thought was like a much better message, you know?
1: Uh, yeah, it's also like you define that path of success for yourself in a way, too. Uh, and they do define that oh, way. Right. The, and it's the right. main girl, they define her like uh, her husband's cheating on her and she is pregnant with a bunch of kids.
0: Yeah, that's true. But you're supposed to think, I mean, she's saying, like, I like having all these kids. And it was actually funny. I mean, seeing this movie as a 38-year-old father it definitely hit different than seeing it I'm sure as like a 14 year old kid in high school like because um you know there's I I know how it's supposed to read when they all have kids and it's like oh you know we have three kids and like uh and one of I forget which one of them is I think it's uh Mira Sorvino so like oh you must feel like really tied down and she's like no it's great I love it um but like you know, I know it's supposed to be like it sucks to be like someone that has a bunch of kids, but like actually it doesn't suck. It's actually like, <laughs> and I totally understand That's like the is. point you know, of view of that your woman. Your
1: own success, and for Romy and Michelle, that means having each other, which is very very sweet. Yeah, uh, not to gloss over the whole friendship, which is you know again a beautiful friendship, but holy shit, man, there's some funny jokes in this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely, dude. Uh,
1: like, it's very '90s. Uh, it's not escaping that. It really embraces that. Like. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's idea. like
0: the most 90s yeah. movie of. Part
1: of their idea of success is having a mobile phone.
0: <laughs> they go to Singled Out. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> and they're too old to be on Singled Out, which is so sad. I think one of my favorite jokes, uh, I mean, it's so fucking funny. I, I, uh, it's, it's hard to explain as a thing. I'll play the clip oh, right here. Do you have some sort of businesswoman special? Can I Well, we're businesswomen. Yeah, from L.A. And you know some places have like a lunch special for businesswomen. do you have a businesswoman special? It's such a fucking weird idea <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it is funny knowing that like um David Merkin was on The Simpsons, and of course, there is a clip of The simpsons in this sh- oh, yeah, in this yeah. movie. It's when Homer is on the in space and he's eating potato chips, Absolutely you know bro, yeah. Yeah, which is really funny. Um, and now I know why it's in there. But it is a it is a very Simpsons-y kind of scene, right? Where they're like, oh, don't you have some kind of businesswoman special? She's <laughs> like, what do you No, know? What are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, like lots of places have like businesswoman specials.
1: <laughs> Another American, uh, I think, Mark, is, uh, you know, surrealness. And I think uh, what most 90s movies would do would just have like one surreal, like five minute Dream sequence wait, wait, wait wait,
0: wait before we get to this before we get to this, can I just name another joke? I think it's really funny, sure, which sure. is because this movie it, it when you see a movie like this that's from when you were a child that you haven't actually seen, when you actually watch it, you start to get lots of things you never got in your life before, so definitely i lots of these lines were things I've been hearing for twenty five years, and so the one where um it's Mira sorvino she's they're trying to find dates to go to the uh reunion with. And she's talking to someone, and then it turns out she hates him. And she goes like,
1: "Would you excuse me? I cut my foot before, and my shoe is filling up with blood."
0: And she limps away.
1: (laughs) Cut my foot, my shoe, my filling's up with blood. Uh,
0: It's so amazing! It's It's so so amazing.
1: Yeah, there's this amazing dream sequence, and they don't really let you know it's a dream sequence. You figure it out uh, over the course of watching it because it's just super wacky. Like a, a lesser movie would have done, like a three minute dream sequence where like things go at most where this is just like a super extended long, they go to the whole reunion and then they also go to old age. Uh, it's so surreal. Uh, Kind of like amazing yeah. that it's even in a movie. It was this was in theater. This really- I mean, it's
0: completely insane. Yeah, and like, and we haven't mentioned Alan Cumming is in this movie. Like, yeah. he's really good also. And mm-hmm. in the dream sequence prom, he has this like he is like, when I made my first million, I got a new face. And, <laughs> and she goes, no offense, but you picked a really good one. <laughs> but he's wearing this crazy like Star Trek makeup where his his face looks completely different. It's so
1: yeah. weird. It's very wide, yeah. And then uh, yeah. they become
0: yeah they become like ninety seven years old and um that, oh the old age makeup is also pretty good <laughs> all the makeup work in this movie is actually kind of rules
1: yeah, it, it does yeah yeah and uh, Alan Cumming super fucking great uh, he is the nerd uh, he plays he, I think he plays the flashbacks as the be- the best of them um uh, somehow somehow,
0: alan coming actually looks like a teenager in these <laughs> yeah. flashbacks i don't know what the fuck he is doing or what they have done to him in the makeup and costume department but like everybody else looks like an adult pretending to be a teenager and it's fine yeah, that's the vibe does. the movie is on but then when you see alan coming you're like oh he's actually 16 it's just very weird it's very weird
1: but he plays the uh arty ziff the uh guy who turns out to be oh he's uh, a super rich guy and they say, uh, he, he invented a kind of rubber. Oh, like a condom? Uh, <laughs> 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 um, yeah, and, and it's... Uh, the ending is, like, he comes back to the reunion in a helicopter, and uh, he's always loved Michelle, uh, Lisa Kudrow's character, and uh, he's like, Michelle, I've had all these things, but I always have you. It's kind of cheesy, but then it gets super extra cheesy in a way that you don't mind because he asks her to dance, and Michelle says, well, can Romy join us? <laughs> and then... It's just an absolute wonderful... And this is what I said, like, there's scenes in this movie that stick out in my head. Like, this was a major... Like, not a major movie. I think it was, like, it was a marketed movie. But it was, like, it's it's like we're
0: saying, these movies we're talking about. It's, like, half-baked. It's, like, it's it's on that kind of level of, like, you know, it's a real movie, but it's kind of not, you know?
1: But thank the studio giving the movie original enough to have this nice climax be an interpretive dance sequence to time after time it's nothing like in any movie it's such a weird original thing
0: this is the 1990s man you know it was a crazy time brother like what can you say you know this is like nobody knew what was right i mean clueless you know this movie yeah yeah i think
1: during the slacker years man pavement was a thing 90s dude
0: who who knows dude um do you want to do you have more to say about this movie should we should Uh, we talk about i think
1: we kind of glossed over a bit of an important thing yeah no please this was pete garofalo man I (sighs) kind of took for granted like she's still in stuff all the time we just don't see it she's on a lot of adult swim shows i watch um but holy fucking shit man this was 97 she was like doing a thing where she was like an five to ten movies a year. This like, is crazy. She, like she was in Half-Baked, uh, Permanent Midnight, Clay Pigeons. Like, when, I,
0: when I had such a crush on Janine Garofalo, yeah. like she's so, and she, she I was, personally think she's so hot in this movie. She looks amazing.
1: She brought heat to movies, and this is kind of a stock Janine Garofalo character. That's not a bad thing, because she's so fucking amazing at it.
0: Like, smoking, um, and she hates everyone. and it's Yeah,
1: like, like, like I think... Uh, and I love, love that
0: that's a 1990s movie archetype, archetype, is someone who hates everyone. Like, that's Dude, that's
1: Comedy '90s girl, yeah, that's Judy uh, Garofalo, and she really was that person. She was like what, like she was in Larry Sanders. She was probably why she did this uh, movie with David Mark, like she was in Pete and Pete, and uh, you know, yeah, Mr. Show.
0: That's amazing. And, and
1: like, I don't know, she's I, is she in movies? I'm gonna, uh, I don't, do not i think not the last really time in movies. I, here,
0: I, I forget if you were at this, movies. you know, Janine, you know, back in the days when you could go to things like I actually oh, yeah. saw her do stand up a bunch around the city, like yeah, in, in 2018, 19 she was at this show we go to at um, tip top bar, which is called female comedians with tits, which is great hosted by Mary Sella uh, for, you know, good friend of the show. I forget if you were there this night, but Janine was there one night. There. And, yeah, yeah, Yeah. And she was like, Oh yeah. You know, for a while they let me be in movies, which I knew was a mistake the entire time. So I saved all my money because I was like, this is not going to continue forever, <laughs> which I thought was so funny. And then like to watch this movie, which is like peak that,
1: you know, like, <laughs> Yeah, I've heard stories about her. Like I saw her once, uh, like 2015 or so, where she just talked about the the pills that she took. She had the, her pill box with her. She got, she had a bigger purse. It's like, oh yeah, uh, I was just talking about it. And she's just like, oh, these are this. this. She's just, just riffed on her pills. I've yeah. heard st- they're like stories old lady pills. Like, they're not drugs. Yeah. you know. Like- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like sorry, vitamin sorry. supplements and stuff. Uh, I've heard stories where people said like, yeah, she just talked about how much she likes game of Thrones for a while. And that was awesome. Like she's really good at just being funny and being. No, she just,
0: One time I saw her at Joe Parra's show at, um,
1: like
0: were you there for that one? Yeah. She walked there in the rain. There was this crazy, yeah. crazy rainstorm and she walked there like from Manhattan in the rain and just like walked up on stage, like soaking wet and was just like, Oh my God. And just like kind of talked for a while. It was really great, <laughs> But yeah, no, it was great to see Jane Garofalo in this. Like it was very, very cool. And if I mean God, talk about nineties things. Like the idea that this character exists, the idea that it's played by Janine Garofalo, the idea <laughs> that like her thing is she invented a kind of cigarette paper, <laughs> which
1: is like, so dumb. <laughs> to smoke faster, yeah. It's
0: like it's it will never happen again in history. Like I hope <laughs> you know, you need to watch this movie as a historical artifact because that is gone. <laughs> like
1: for real. Uh, I'm glad we talked about Peak Garofalo, a moment in time that we should never be forgotten.
0: No. Um, But so, Caleb, like, let's say you had to pick one of these movies. And if you pick the wrong one, your best friend is never going to talk to you again. Uh,
1: You know, uh, I'm glad we did both these movies. Uh, There was a lot of back and forth. I think we almost did I Love You, Man, which would have been such an easy layup to pick the climb over that. Um, I am going to pick the climb, but not without saying that Uh, I'm glad we picked because as we were talking about it a lot of these movies were like male centric movies which is fine a lot because that's what the studio puts out but holy shit think about the 90s and then when *Romeo and michelle came out none of the, there was not a lot of like female buddy comedies especially comedies yeah. like this maybe not till uh like bridesmaids or uh Tina and Amy or uh broad city have, have we had this Miss
0: congeniality kind of
1: is like not a... <laughs> even that buddy was it i didn't no know
0: it's not really she doesn't really have any buddies she's very prickly
1: i guess so that so it's a great thing and definitely earns its cult status in several different levels, uh, in Michelle, but I'm picking the climb. Uh, I really was tickled by this movie. Uh, I thought like, like it it was a little bit like first time directing a little bit, but you know, I just means get to talk about him as a director a little bit. Uh, but I thought it was such a new way of, uh, taking your comedy. Like I said, I liked how slapsticky it was for how nuanced it was. I, I, I was really, uh, very impressed with this movie. I thought if I could go back to my list, which is gone forever because 2020 is over, I erased everything. Uh, oh no, really? Best oh, best no. Movies of 2020.
0: Yeah, uh, it was definitely a tough decision, Caleb. And you're definitely right. I'm glad that we did a movie about male friendships and then a movie about like female friendships. Uh, and obviously, Romeo Michelle's a comedy. It's an absurd movie, and it's you know directed by a man. But you, you there is something in it that it's it's uh, it's about female friendships, and it's about some, there's something specific to women oh, yeah. about it, um, which was very interesting. And it was a very interesting counterpoint to. Written
1: by a woman, Robert written Schiff, by women. based based off of her play.
0: Yeah, which was interesting. It's based off a play. That's really crazy,
1: right? Yeah, I've, uh, yeah Lisa Kudra was in the play. But yeah, I have no idea what that play would be like.
0: I have no idea either. And if you look, a lot of her resume since then is she's mostly makes like more straight ahead teen stuff, like since then. And I mean, it's great. She's still working, which is fantastic. But a lot of it is like, you know, very straightforward teen stuff like you know uh, which is uh, that teen stuff is great there's nothing wrong with teen stuff but i just mean it's interesting that that's the direction she's gone um but like you know it's, it's it's a tough decision to pick one of them because the climb is obviously it takes itself a lot more seriously as a film quote unquote like i'm saying it's doing all these camera tricks and the lighting is very good and there's like a million different locations and you know obviously it's more serious it's a more serious film like it's I don't find, I didn't find it nearly as funny as Romeo and Michelle. And that is partially why I made the choice that I made because I, I just didn't think it was funny. I thought it was, I thought it occasionally was funny, but it was more, it was more, you know, genuine. Right. Um, whereas Romeo and Michelle is like, it's in crazy town, like from the first second of the movie. Um, and it's obviously not like super well shot or whatever, but I just feel like there's a reason this movie is a classic that people still talk about 25 years after it came out. And you know you cannot I don't feel like that is going to be the case with uh, the climb, which is, isn't necessarily the criteria you should be judging it on. but like you know, if we're gonna say pick one of these two films to watch like yeah, watch Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion like hundred, a hundred percent you should do that.
1: They're both great movies. Uh, you're not gonna fault either for picking one what I feel like uh, but yeah just, uh, great acting all around from these four per- friend performances. Yeah, if I great. had to pick one actor for the best of those, I would say Lisa Kudrow. Uh, Lisa Kudrow is uh, good, yeah. I say both of the Romeo and Michelle are better actors and characters. Uh, this was right after uh, Miro Savino's Oscar too, by That's the way. So she crazy. took her Oscar clout and- Made
0: of this movie <laughs> and it's also important to say i think at the time and this is one of the reasons i didn't see it i'm not proud to admit but like this movie was like reviled like people were so angry at this film like the general critical consensus was that it was like completely idiotic everyone hated it um and so yeah, I am I really glad it um, is our women
1: Funny conversation which you know fuck you that conversation happened all the time back in the day. Yeah. But yeah, it's so much more than that. It's also uh underratedly one of the more profane movies. Like they they say fuck you a lot too. <laughs> <really> do, <laughs> say, yeah, fuck off. It's yeah, fuck like, off her catchphrases, <laughs> She says, fuck
0: off. Yeah, it is it's great on that front. Um I mean, it's a classic, dog. Like, what can you say? It you really know, Romy and Michelle's Miss yeah. union. Like, Maybe immediately, imme- even though I had never seen it in my life, as soon as I turned it on, I was like, oh, this is the classic. You know, like, this is an absolute all-time 1990s classic
1: film. And I will say this to defend the uh, one-shotness of The Climb. Uh, and I think people who have listened to this podcast and memorize everything I say know that I'm, not a, everyone. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of 1917 because that one-off extended shot things was very showy and was the whole show. And I think that's not the case here with The Climber. Like, oh, it's there, but you forget about it. And it, uh, it's not the whole show. It's the dialogue is uh, perpetuating it along. Caleb,
0: are you going to make me defend 1917, you absolute bastard? Like, I
1: was I'm was just saying uh, that the camera work was the show of that movie. It's not a bad thing. It's cool. But no. also, like, that's the whole movie. Is the
0: what I would work. say respectfully is that in 1917 that camera work is raising the tension and it is making you very anxious and that's serving the whole emotional thing the movie is doing whereas yeah, in it's the, doing well, i the don't directing. think single with the exception of there's one scene where uh mike goes directing to directing. the christmas party and he's wandering in and out of the christmas party and you're you're only seeing it through the windows from outside like i didn't love that scene but also i felt the camera work worked perfectly in that scene when Kyle is singing rockabye and taking his shirt off to the camera. Like that didn't work for me. I was, I was like, Uh, why is the
1: scene where they, uh, she goes, then he's working at the coffee shop and they do a little pan around to show that uh, Kyle's still there. See, it's like all informed uh, from the performances where – the I, I, what I'm saying is like that the camera work wasn't the whole movie. Right, okay. Where uh, 1917, the camera work was the whole fucking movie.
0: I disagree. I very much disagree, but I understand. You just
1: what said – what, 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 what did you just say? You just said – it just was all the tension. All it was the tension was the – was from the camera work. Yeah, exactly. That was the whole movie. The tension well, was in the I camera mean,
0: work. I I don't really agree with you that it you was just like – you said.
1: <laughs> No, oh,
0: yeah, I, I don't understand your argument, which is that like the camera work adding to the atmosphere of the movie is somehow a negative. I don't understand that. No, it was the entire all.
1: movie. Like, there's no other atmosphere.
0: What do you think? There's things exploding and there's people running around, and you're worried that someone's gonna die. I mean, there is other things going on,
1: uh, and that's all distracted by the camera work moving around for it. Oh, I, I,
0: what can I say, Caleb? I disagree. You know what I'm saying? Respectfully, respectfully. My brother, I disagree. An
1: explosion, yeah, that's uh, happens in most movies, like a lot of action. Lot I don't I, I don't agree see, with uh,
0: you that the uh, performances are driving the camera
1: work in uh,
0: The Climb. I don't think the performances are driving it at all. I think the director's desire to do say it was
1: driving in one the day camera ride. work I said it was driving the movie.
0: I mean, I don't know. I mean, yes, but I don't know what I don't know what you even mean by that. Like what
1: do you mean the that performances, performances are, are driving, driving the, movie? the movie? The characters are driving the movie in The Climb? It's yes, based off of the I friendship. Agree. yes yes and in the 1917 movie i don't know what the characters names are it's probably georgie boy or well, something action and then he film, dies. It. it's
0: a different situation the what the the movie is about you
1: have
0: to go from point a to point b and don't yes, die yes so explaining
1: what action does what action move does but i'm just saying like that's cool why do i care about the characters though because I'm just watching them trying to get exploded the whole time because that's the show that's the camera
0: work. with them as a as that's as cool a, for that, that movie but also that's you know why I
1: don't love that movie because it's all tricky camera work stuff
0: I see but I what I'm saying is I hear what you're saying and I know that this is your knock against 1917 in general is that you don't like you think it's a showy the camera work's showy okay um I think that what you're saying is even more true about the climb because I don't think it's adding to the Film or contributing anything to my emotional understanding or like revealing something about the inner lives of the characters or creating an atmosphere that is furthering the I plot. I feel like editing. it's only happening it's because the director wants to do one shot and it is not adding to it at all other than that.
1: I think it adds to a more uh, aesthetic of uh, humor and editing, whereas 1917 was just adding to explosions. And war it's an
0: action movie, dude. I mean, if yeah. it made a movie, I, cool. yes, I, oh, I always
1: said that it's cool that it does that, but also like that's all it is. Like you could make any action movie that way then, too. But that's why there's I mean, not other movies. That's why there's they, no other comments. It's like singing a Picasso painting
0: and saying, like, oh, I could do that. Well, it's like, but no one knows. I'm, else can, no I'm one saying else action directors
1: know. do that. And action directors have done that, uh, with big long action takes to better than 1917. Uh where as directors don't do that with comedy because that's a much harder way to do that too. And it's kind of fun to watch someone try.
0: Yeah. Okay. I agree. It's fun to watch someone try. And I think they're very well done. And for the most part, especially the first one, fantastic. And that other one I was talking about at the Christmas party, I also thought was good yeah
1: you're repeating yourself again like here chris oh god you motherfucker
0: <laughs> you absolute bastard okay i'm just i'm just trying to be conciliatory i'm trying to agree with you and not be rude i'm trying to say yes i i understand what you're saying and i agree with you yeah <laughs> okay well, that's the show everybody thanks for tuning in thanks, guys. See you next week or bye. two weeks right now bye
1: Yeah, she's on uh, Jopera. She did that. She did Shivering Truth. Uh, she's on the Mud Hurricane American Summer Series on Netflix. I'm glad she's still Wait, here. I'm sorry.
0: What's the name? How did you say the name of that show, Caleb?
1: What? What? Hot American Summer Series? Yeah, it
0: sounded like you said, like, the We're her, <laughs> It was like...
1: We're Yeah, Summer Series?
0: Yeah, exactly. You're having some kind of stroke while you're saying it. Uh, don't joke about that. Jr.